This is my life. This is my time. I believe in me. And welcome to the Dream Big and Bloom podcast for women over 60 who want to be happy, rich, and free. I'm Marty Lynn, certified dream builder coach, and I help women who are disappointed and frustrated because this season of their lives has not turned out to be the way they'd hoped. They're tempted to settle for just good enough, but there's a deep longing within them for more freedom, fulfillment, and fun. I teach them how to honor their discontent, dream big, and create lives they absolutely love. A common issue for women I work with is worry about their futures, worries about aging, about their health, about being alone, about running out of money, about relationships with grown children, about what they're leaving as a legacy, and more. And now there's even more worrying being generated by politics and the pandemic. So today I'm talking about worry and how to change your perspective so you can feel better. This is really important because not only will fear prevent you from achieving your dreams, but it shortens your life and adversely affects your relationships. Some of you may be experiencing these effects now. You see, stress releases hormones that rev up the body to fight, flee, or freeze. And if we're in that state too often, It not only saps our energy, but it can compromise our immune system and cause serious health issues like high blood pressure and heart disease. Worry can also cause lack of sleep and make us cranky, which of course can negatively affect our personal relationships. So it's really important on so many levels to learn how to stop worrying, and I'm going to give you some tips for doing just that. First, it's important to understand that there's a primitive part of our brain that is always looking for potential danger, so we'll be prepared to protect ourselves from being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or other hazard to our survival. It's not entirely a bad thing, but the reality is that we're not likely to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger these days. Our mind is also capable of creating vivid scenarios of things that might happen in the future, like financial disasters or illnesses or conflicts with other people. It's like dream building in reverse, creating a vivid, emotion-laden vision of what we don't want. For details about the visioning process and how to do it, see Episode 9 of my three-part workshop. And because the law of attraction and quantum physics can create what we focus on, you definitely do not want to be involved in negative dream building. And although most people don't truly believe in the law of attraction or understand quantum physics, the reality is that your thinking can actually create the very thing you want to prevent. So it's definitely worth the effort to change our unconscious habitual thinking patterns. Second, it's important to realize that most of our worries never come true. There are scientific studies that document this, and today I'm going to tell you about one that blew my mind. In 2019, 
Lafreniere and Newman did a study in which they taught 29 undergraduate students how to use worry journals, and then they analyzed the results to determine how many of their worries actually came true over the course of three weeks. The participants weren't formally diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, but all met the full criteria for generalized anxiety disorder as determined by a screening tool known as the GAD-Q-4. I know, it's a mouthful, right? This screening tool isn't used to diagnose, but just to give people a sense of how serious their symptoms might be and whether they might want to consult with someone about this further. So I'm going to put a copy of the screening tool in the show notes at dreambigandbloom.com forward slash 22 in case you want to try it for yourself. So what is GAD, or Generalized Anxiety Disorder? I found this information on the website of the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, ADAA. Generalized Anxiety Disorder, GAD, is characterized by persistent and excessive worry about a number of different things. People with GAD, generalized anxiety disorder, may anticipate disaster and may be overly concerned about money, health, family, work, or other issues. Individuals with GAD find it difficult to control their worry. They may worry more than seems warranted about actual events or may expect the worst even when there's no apparent reason for concern. A person is diagnosed as having GAD when he or she finds it difficult to control worry on more days than not, for at least six months, and has three or more symptoms. Here are the symptoms. One, feeling nervous, irritable, or on edge. Number two, having a sense of impending danger, panic, or doom. Number three, having an increased heart rate. Number four, breathing rapidly, hyperventilation, sweating, and or trembling. Number five, feeling weak or tired. Number six, difficulty concentrating. Number seven, having trouble sleeping. Number eight, experiencing gastrointestinal GI problems. So that was having three or more of these symptoms. These symptoms differentiate GAD from worry that may be specific to a specific stressor or worry for a more limited period of time. I was actually surprised to learn that GAD affects 6.8 million adults, or only 3.1% of the U.S. population in any given year. I actually expected it to be a larger number, but that's because I didn't understand the actual criteria used for diagnosis. These numbers represent people who have persistent anxiety and not what I imagine to be large numbers of people with less persistent anxiety who are still suffering and not living a happy life. I was not surprised to learn that women are twice as likely to be affected as men. Does that surprise you? Why do you think that's the case? I think it's because most women don't feel empowered. Historically, they've needed protection due to harsh living conditions, being vulnerable to the risks of childbirth and the demands of raising children. That's changing now, but women's primal need for safety and security hasn't changed. 
and many of them are single now and not well equipped to support themselves, especially in our age group. This is the reason I'm so passionate about teaching and coaching women using the Dream Builder system. So to continue with the information from the ADAA website, it goes on to say that the disorder comes on gradually and can begin across the life cycle, though the risk is highest between childhood and middle age. Although the exact cause of GAD is unknown, there's evidence that biological factors, family background, and life experiences, particularly stressful ones, play a role. This is what in the Dream Builder program we call our paradigms, those patterns of thinking and acting that are formed by reactions to our upbringing and life experiences. And we learn how to repattern our paradigms by noticing what we're noticing and choosing what we'd love to think instead. The article continues to say that sometimes just the thought of getting through the day produces anxiety. People with GAD don't know how to stop the worry cycle and feel it's beyond their control, even though they usually realize that their anxiety is more intense than the situation warrants. All anxiety disorders may relate to a difficulty tolerating uncertainty, and therefore many people with GAD try to plan or control situations. The ADD article goes on to say that many people believe worry prevents bad things from happening, so they view it as risky to give up worry. I found that statement astonishing. That's so illogical, isn't it? Do people really believe that worry prevents bad things from happening? I think the real issue here is that the primitive part of our brain that I mentioned before is on automatic pilot and just yanking our chain. The logical part of our brain knows that worry doesn't prevent things from happening. The logical part of our brain is capable of devising solutions to prevent things from happening or for dealing with things that we can't control. So on a logical level, we know that worry of itself doesn't prevent bad things from happening, but we have to consciously engage the logical prefrontal cortex of our brain. The article goes on to say that at times people can struggle with physical symptoms such as stomach aches and headaches. I'd say, based on what we know about the mind-body connection, that most stomach aches and headaches are caused by worry. And finally, the report says that when their anxiety level is mild to moderate or with treatment, people with GAD can function socially, have full and meaningful lives, and be gainfully employed. Well, that's good news. And I'm thinking that if it's possible for people with full-blown general anxiety disorder, it's certainly possible for everyone else. But, oh, that description, function socially and be gainfully employed. I hope you won't settle for just functioning or being gainfully employed. I'd like to see everyone be thriving, not just functioning, and to be passionate and fulfilled, not just gainfully employed. Apparently, many who have GAD may avoid situations because they have the disorder or may not take advantage of opportunities due to their worry, like social situations, travel, promotions, etc. Is this ever the case for you? I think many people without full-blown GAD 
do this at least occasionally. Some people can have difficulty carrying out the simplest daily activities when their anxiety is severe. Is this the case for you? If it is, I urge you to seek professional help and not continue to suffer. Now for the interesting results of the study and the worry journals. After being accepted into the study, participants came to the lab and were trained in a particular psychological strategy for managing worries known as the Worry Outcome Journal. It involves writing down your worries and tracking them to see how many actually come true. I found a copy of it for you, and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can try it. Just go to dreambigandbloom.com forward slash 22. The rationale is that as you pay attention to how upsetting, disrupting, and costly your worries are, and as you seek clear evidence in your life that things you worry about actually do not happen, you will recognize the uselessness of worrying and begin to engage in it less. And without these anxious thoughts in your life, your anxiety should also lessen. So for 10 days, the participants recorded their worries anytime they felt like it. But the minimum was four times a day when they were prompted by a text message, once between 8 and noon, again between noon and 3 p.m., and again between 3 and 6 p.m., and one last time between 6 and 9 p.m. You can try this. Set a timer on your smartphone. They specifically recorded, number one, the worry itself, defined as a specific, testable, anxiety-inducing prediction about the future. Number two, the degree of distress this was causing them, from one, no distress, to seven, severe distress. Number three, how much space the worry was taking up. By answering the question, how much time did that worry take up since I first had that worry? And number four, two estimates of the likelihood of that particular worry coming true. One estimate being based on their gut feeling or intuition, i.e. the emotional likelihood of the worry coming true. And the other estimate being the logical likelihood of the worry, which the participants arrived at by answering the question, if the most rational person in the world were to give a probability as to how likely this event would come true, what would it be? Every evening they reported if any worries had come true, and if so, whether the outcome was as bad as, worse than, or better than expected. A day after their last worry, the participants completed that survey again, the GAD-Q-4, to see if there were any changes to their anxiety over the course of the past 10 days. And on the 30th day of the study, That's 20 days after their final day of worry journaling, participants were asked to review each of their logged worries and note if any of them had come true, and if so, whether they were as bad, worse than, or better than expected. So, how many of their worries actually came true? Are you ready for this? On average, 91.39% of participants' worries did not come true. 
i.e. only 8.61% of their worries did come true. And for seven participants, or about one out of every four participants, none of their worries came true. None. It's also worth noting that for the few worries that did come true, participants rated about a third of them as having turned out better than expected. A third. Thus, participants were not very good at predicting the likelihood of worries coming true. When they tuned into their gut feeling about things, emotional probability, their average estimate was 62.09% versus the actual likelihood of 8.6%. And even when trying to think more logically, their probability estimate was still pretty inflated at 41.67% versus 8.6%. So isn't that great news? You may not be on the extreme end of the worry spectrum, but even those who are are able to improve with just awareness. Practices like keeping a worry journal can create better results than just education. It's been said that education without action is simply entertainment. To be clear, life coaching is not a substitute for psychotherapy, and if you suspect that you have GAD, you'd be well advised to work with a psychotherapist. However, many psychotherapists do approve of clients working with life coaches on their goals for moving forward. So, does knowing this information change anything for you? Are you going to try the worry journal practice? I'd love to read comments or questions from you at dreambigandbloom.com forward slash 22, and I'll respond. And if you have a burning question or topic you'd like me to address on future episode, let me know in the comments. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast and receive coaching or share a success story that will encourage others, click on the link in the show notes and let me know. And if you're ready to get in-depth personalized support for overcoming your challenges and creating a life you would absolutely love, apply for my Dream Builder Coaching Program where we take all the things I talk about here and apply them to you and your life. Just imagine you and me together every week for 12 weeks, laser focused on how to feel happy, rich, and free. By the end of our work together, you'll have all the tools and practices so that no matter what happens in your life, you can have more fulfillment, freedom, and fun. You can get all the details about the program on my website, and you can book a complimentary strategy session to get my eyes on your vision statement and show you the best next step you can take to move you forward. The links are on the website for this episode, number 22. Now as you go, remember, you are capable of far more than you know. You were created to have an amazing and fulfilling life. It's your birthright. You don't have to settle for just good enough. You're more powerful than any circumstance, situation, or condition, and you absolutely can create the life of your dreams. And I'm here to show you how. So dream big, follow your heart, and live with all the joy, purpose, prosperity, and fulfillment you so richly deserve. Until next week, bye for now.